Welcome to the Apple Day Podcast. My name is Michelle Apples. If you don't know me, I am the founder of the Christian Singles Hub, a space where Christian singles can be equipped with the resources they need to grow towards greatness, put their faith in action, and to date with purpose. Healthy relationships only come from healthy individuals. So join me every Wednesday as we interview some incredible guests and give you all the wisdom you need to steward your singleness better. We hope you enjoy the show and don't forget to check out our website at thechristiansingleshub.com. Welcome back to another episode of An Apple a Day. My name is Michelle Apples. I'm your host. And today we have an amazing couple with us. As you guys may know, in February, we are interviewing married couples because we want to get the wisdom from married couples to just glean that onto singles. So I just want to introduce Janelle and Mike. How are you guys doing? Awesome to be here. Yeah, so good. Thank you for having us. Yeah. So why don't you guys introduce yourself? Tell us a little bit about who you are so that our audience can kind of get a feel of who you guys are. Yeah. You want to go? Yeah, sure. Sure. So first of all, thank you. It's an honor, an honor to be here. And you know, what's interesting, Michelle, is this a conversation that Mike and I had just, I mean, this was, I don't know, maybe a year ago or even six months ago was what if, you know, we're marriage coaches and we've been working with a lot of married couples that, and most of the time they're in crisis. Sometimes they're, they're doing good and they want great, but a lot of them are in crisis. And we said, what would it be like if we could actually get to the singles? What would it be like if we could, the premarital coaching or counseling, like what if we could actually teach them what we've learned or what we know and what we're teaching our couples now so that they don't walk through the craziness and all the, I mean, things like that are really hard with when it comes to communication, when it comes to all of the things, marriage that we do not know, because we don't know how to be married. We don't know how to communicate. And so what would it be like if we could actually do this? And then of course we got connected with you. And so it's just amazing, but I want to share one thing and then I'll pass it to Mike is we've been together 24 years and a really funny story is it's funny now, but, um, we didn't, we never wanted to get married. We actually didn't believe in marriage at the beginning. And we were like, it's just a piece of paper. You know, this was before our, you know, giving our lives to Jesus and we didn't get it. And then of course, when we woke up and God woke us up and softened our hearts, um, now look at what we do for a living. We actually save marriages. We actually help people in their marriage. And so that's, that's a cool thing that I at least wanted to share because you never know what God's going to do and to be open to what he's going to do with your life and your destiny. Well, also funny story where we met, believe it or not, we met it. We met in a nightclub at a nightclub called the last supper club. So (laughs) that just gives you an idea of like how this got started. And so we were far from Jesus. So the reason I share that is because like, if God can transform the direction where we were going, like praise God, there's amazing resources now that people can meet each other, such as your your group and your community. Like, oh my gosh, like we could have like avoided so many of the stumbles, but hey, God had a plan for us and we're here. But to your point, yes, like, you know, with all of the things that we see couples deal with, you know, 10, 15, 20, 30 years into marriage, like why not be able to like head all this stuff off before you get there? And like you said, we're not taught this stuff. We're just not, you know, I went to college and there wasn't one course on how to be a great husband or wife. If there was, I probably would have taken that class. This is the most important human relationship we have. And yet most of us, we're going to spend, you know, $30,000 on average, which is the average cost of a wedding last year. 
We're going to spend 12 months planning it. And we walk into marriage after maybe six weeks of premarital counseling. And we think, ah, if we love each other enough, we'll figure it out as we go. But yet most of us, like we're two broken people trying to fix each other. We're like, wait a minute, this is way harder than I thought it was going to be. And so we just thought, you know what, if we would have only known this stuff, like some of the stuff that we know now, oh my goodness, like, oh boy, marriage is, it doesn't have to be as hard. It's an enjoy, like when we do it God's way, marriage is the most beautiful thing in the world. And we do it his way. Oh my gosh. It is blessing in every sense of the word. Oh, that's so good. And that was a huge reason I wanted to bring you guys on the show was just because I have been blessed to have a meeting with both of you and and just to hear your heart for for singles, for healthy marriages, to even like, I, you know, I'm friends with you guys on Facebook. I see all your posts just of mentorship, of, of giving the knowledge that you wish you had and sharing your personal vulnerabilities and experiences and saying, hey, this is what we have learned this was God has shown us. And so now we want to equip other people with that. And isn't that funny that God always redeems, like you're saying, I did, we didn't even want to get married. And now we do this for a living. Like that's just God. He's got a sense of humor. That's for sure. Um, so I just love that so much. And we always say like healthy relationships come from healthy individuals. So yeah, like why, why aren't we doing the preparation now if marriage is something we desire so much? So just want to ask you guys, since I know you do like coaching for married couples, and then now you're starting to have a heart to coach more singles and get them prepared for the next season. What sort of crisis? Because I know you talked about like, hey, we coach people when they're in crisis. But if we can actually coach people before they ever get to crisis, maybe we can prevent the crisis from happening. So what sort of things do you see as people who coach married couples of certain crises that couples go through? Because I really want singles to understand that like marriage isn't just this like picture perfect fairy tale that they see in the movies and they're not actually prepared that it does take work and there is you know trials in marriages yeah well let me share this and then i'll turn it over to you is because you know the typical things that i know that we've all heard of infidelity abuse on many different levels just um the verbal you know back and forth the breakdown and the communication all of that is just a symptom of people not knowing who they are. And so we have, again, two broken people going into marriage that they're in fear. Now, we're, guys certainly won't tell you that. We're not going to tell you we're in fear. But underneath all of that is a scared, you know, I'm 45, is a scared five-year-old that doesn't know how to be the husband that I know that I'm supposed to be. And I don't know how to do it. And so when we're fearful, we act out and we do things that we shouldn't do. And we say things we shouldn't say. And we just, you know, it just caused the ruin. So do you want to share a little bit about identity? Yeah. And Yeah. I mean, we feel that identity is, is it, we feel it is the core of walking out an incredible life, but also walking out an incredible marriage for God. Now, when it comes to identity, people like a lot of people are like, wow, what it like, okay my identity in Christ, like, what does that mean? Right. And they get, they don't really know. A lot of people don't. And we are all daughters and sons of the highest King, every single one of us, but God has woven something so unique into each and every one of us that is like unique within me. So my identity is completely different than every single person in the world. 
just like he's made every one of us have a different fingerprint. And so when we begin to literally walk in our God-given true identity, then we see clearly, we have joy, we have peace, we have freedom. I mean, I'm talking about like a deep inner joy and a deep peace because we have people that say all the time, I want happiness. And it's like, well, wait, what, what, what do you mean by, by happiness? No, we actually want holiness. Holiness is what's going to bring happiness. Yep. Right. And so walking in their identity and here's what we see happen so often, Michelle, is we see that women or men, both, they try to find their identity in their spouse. Oh, that's a big one. Or they find their identity in what they do or what people think of them. And your identity isn't what you do. It isn't what people think, right? You bring your identity into your role as a wife. So I'm a wife. I bring my identity into the role of being a wife. I bring my identity into the role of being a mother. Ooh, does that make sense? If I'm a teacher, I bring my identity into the role of being a teacher. And so it's really important that we're walking in our identity and that we know who we are. And so if, if I could give anything, like I'd be like, know who you are, because if you don't know who you are, you don't know how to live. Mm, that's good. And this that's is good. part of the process when we work with a couple, whether it's premarital or when they're married, is walking them through this process of really discovering how do you identify? How do you figure out your identity? Your identity? And what goes, I'm going to take this one step deeper, because this is about once you know who you are, who you are, Michelle, who I am, who you are, Janelle, then you can walk in your marriage identity or your kingdom purpose. And the kingdom purpose is way greater than just having kids, raising a family, paying the bills. Nothing wrong with any of that, but that's not a kingdom purpose. That's just like living. But like your kingdom purpose is going to call you forth into something that ignites something deeper in you because so many couples we see, they're just, they're just paying the bills. And they're going to get 10, 15 years down the line and slowly, but surely one degree at a time, they've drifted apart because they never really figured out like, Hey, what are we doing? Like, where do we want to go as a couple? And the sooner that conversation can start, oh my gosh, the better. It's amazing. When you see two couples that are after their kingdom purpose that are pursuing it. Oh my gosh. It's the most beautiful thing ever. That's so awesome. And I love that. And that's something we touch on all the time is identity is like finding your God given identity. And I think that there is such an attack on identity in today's day and age. I mean, nobody knows who they are. Nobody knows what they were created for. Everyone is sort of just like walking around with their head in the clouds with, you know, media telling them who they're supposed to be or what they're supposed to look like or what they're supposed to have. Or, you know, it's just, it's, there is such an attack on identity. So I want to ask, like, if it all kind of stems like, hey, this is a big thing that we need to do. What are some practical ways that people can find out their God-given identity and their God-given purpose? Because as someone who works with singles all the time, I mean, I feel like so many singles wrap up their identity in the fact that they don't have a, a spouse. They don't have a wife or a husband, and they believe that they're supposed to, and they're supposed to be married, and that's their whole identity is wrapped up in the fact that they are not married and they want to be married and nothing 
else matters to them. And it's so sad to me as someone who is walking out my God-given purpose and in my identity, I'm like, there's so much more that God wants to do in and through you than you just sitting around upset or depressed or sulking that you don't have a spouse or you're not married yet. Like God wants to do stuff in and through you right now, not once you get a husband or wife. So what are some practical ways that singles can begin to develop to find their identity and their God-given purpose? Yeah, well, you you nailed it. The, your, your identity is the biggest battle we'll ever fight. Now, your identity is who you're being. Your calling is your is what you do. So your identity is being, your, you know, how you're being. And your, I want to repeat this because it's so key, your calling or your assignment right now in this season is what you do. And so a real easy, like an easy exercise. I mean, literally you can do this in, in, in five minutes, 10 minutes, but a really easy exercise for people. Cause we get this question all the time about identity and how do how, okay, what's my identity? Well, one thing you want to do is you want to get quiet. You have to get quiet with God and you have to begin to ask him and talk to him. He's been talking to you your whole life. God speaks. <laughs> and so he's been talking to you your whole life. And so one, one of the ways that you begin to do this is you begin to write down and when you get quiet, you pray, but then you begin to write down what are all of the lies that you are believing about yourself? Mm. Do you believe I'm not good enough? I'm a failure. I don't know who I am. I'm ugly. I'm stupid. I'm not tall enough. I'm, you know, I'm never going to be uh, amount to anything right? What are some of the lies that have been instilled of you, instilled in you or beliefs that have been instilled in you as a child or even later that you are believing about yourself? And you've got to write those down, get them out, like every single one of them, write them down, write them down. And then I want you to picture yourself giving it to Jesus, like literally pitching your picture yourself, giving the list to him. And what's he do with it? A lot of the times the people we're working with, he burns it, he throws it over his shoulder, he rips it up, right? You know, but you're handing over those lies because those lies are not you. It's not who you are. Mm. And then you do this, and this is key. You ask God, who do you say that I am? Who do you say that I am? And wait for him to speak. Now, how we hear God's voice is when we ask Jesus, we focus on Jesus and we ask him a question. It's a free flow of thoughts. So it's a free flow of thoughts when we fix our eyes on Jesus and ask him a question. And then we listen and he'll begin. He And don't question it. You're going to hear, you're going to hear, you're an encourager. I mean, you're going to, that was my first one I got was I'm an encourager. And, and, and Mike got encourager too, which is really interesting. But my encourager is completely different than Mike's. Mm. Does that make sense? Because it's, 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 it's knitted differently in his body and him and his spirit than it is in mine. And so you're going to hear words like that, or you might be a statement. The second one that I got was I'm a mountain mover with my words. Mm. That is an identity he gave me. And he, and man, and do I use my mouth? <laughs> I use my <laughs> mouth to speak all the time. You know, it's what we do for a living. And so it's like that. And it's in me. It's me. I, I get lit up when I speak, when I pour into people, when I encourage people, I'm a mountain mover with my words. And so that's how you, a, a just quick little exercise that you can do that's super fun to help you get your identity and begin to walk in it. 
I love, I just want to touch on that really quickly because I've actually been reading a book lately that is called The uh, Ruthless Elimination of Hurry. And they really talk about that silence and that solitude that we don't do anymore, that we don't practice because we live in such a busy day to day that our time is filled with so many different things. Like we have more time than ever because technology has made our life so easy, yet we don't have any time because we just fill the time that we, that technology has actually been used to make it so we have more time we've actually filled that and so it was such a beautiful reminder that that comes first solitude and silence like you cannot hear god speak if you don't actually spend the time to stop and listen to what he's saying so i love that as a reminder of like hey practically get in that silence get in that solitude ask him questions listen to what he's saying that's so so good well, and it's important that we, what's blocking us, it's the lies that we're believing about ourselves. It is labels we put on ourselves or that other people have put on us. So we have to, that's the first step is writing down the lies that you're believing about yourself. We call it, or in the Bible, it calls it sweeping the house clean. Mm. Or you have to sweep the house clean and then you've got to make sure that you fill it back up. And that's why you say, God, well, what do you say about me? Who do you say that I am? And you can literally do that exercise over and over and over again, but it is, it is getting quiet and it is asking him. And we just don't, we don't, we don't do that enough, but also with identity, it's a lifelong discovery process. And so I'm asking God all of the time yesterday, like, where was I not walking in my identity yesterday? Mm. And he'll begin to, he'll begin to share with me. Right. And so, and then like, Oh God, what do I need to know about a mountain mover with my words? And then I, I go to scripture and I begin to look up things in scripture about a mountain mover and someone who, you know, who's bold. And, you know, I, you can begin to Google scriptures on that particular identity, do a discovery, do some research, ask God, you know, and then you can go outside the Bible and look at podcasts or sermons and type in, the, say, say that you get leadership or you're a fearless leader, then go look it up, do some research on that. And if you were to be woken up in the middle of the night and I say, who are you? I did it with my son last night. And I said, who, who are you? You should know you should, you, mm, I, I mean, I'm Janelle, but I'm like, really like, who am I at my core? I'm a mountain with my words. I'm an encourager. I'm a freedom fighter. I'm a mind mender. So Those are the ones he's giving. You should be able to get woken up in the middle of the night and know who you are. And imagine if you did this when you were single, that when you met someone and maybe they know about identity or they may not, but you could teach them and imagine what it would be like to walk into the courtship of you walking in your identities together. That's so good, Janelle. So good. I just want to touch on one thing because this is actually a verse that has been coming up for me so much lately. So the verse where the spirit got swept out and the house got clean, but then it was unoccupied. And mm -hmm. seven more spirits yes. came in, even more fierce. And it just hit me because actually, funny story, I was in Atlanta over Christmas and all of a sudden we got a mouse problem in our house. And I had a mouse they were having a party in my room because it was unoccupied. And it was like, when I read that, it was like the first time I really understood what those that verse meant if, of like, if you leave something unoccupied. So I love that you're like, hey, we got to know the lies. We got to cast them out. 
But then we need to fill the space because it can't be unoccupied, but we need to fill it with our actually affirming identity from Jesus, not just so that, hey, those lies don't come back in sevenfold and, you know, now become even more of a, a hindrance to our identity. So I love that you said that. I think that's just so profound of like, hey, we got to cast them out and then we got to actually affirm our identity by what Jesus says and who he says we are. Two things I want to add to this, because there's two things that we notice when there's a block for people when, okay, we get quiet and we do this actually before we even start, we call it silencing the room, or we just call out what's there. We say, Lord, I just thank you for quieting the noise. I thank you for removing any distraction, anything that's not allowing me to be present. I thank you, Father, for allowing you to be one with you right now, Father. And it can be as simple as that because we got to silence the room. We got to silence that noise that you just talked about, which is so key, Michelle. But then when we ask Jesus, who do you say I am? What happens is we shut down. We're like, ah, oh, that's, that's just, that's just my mind. That's not him. Mm. We just like, yeah. Mm. And so we, one of the greatest gift that God's given us next to the Holy spirit is our imagination. And we have to use that imagination. This is not like you, cause again, this, we have this block of like, oh, that's just my five-year-old. No, it's like, what happens when we were kids, we've got a great imagination. And the older we get, it starts getting squashed, squashed, and squashed. And so pretty soon we have no imagination. Everything has to be A plus B equals C. And if it doesn't, then it doesn't make sense. And so we just give up on imagination as we get older. But no, God's given us that gift. Like that is like, let it go. Jesus talks about, you know, being like children. Like that's what he's talking about here. And so again, allowing that imagination to flow freely, but also, and we don't have a whole lot of time to go into this, but forgiveness. If there's mm -hmm. unforgiveness in your heart, there's going to be a block there. You're not going to hear his voice. You're not going to hear the voice. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you may need to say, Lord, okay, I'm not hearing anything. Reveal to me in my heart where there is any unforgiveness, either towards someone else or for myself. Like, where is that Lord? Reveal that to me, mm -hmm. you know, and God will reveal it. It's so good. Yeah. No, that's so good. That honestly, that's such a key because yeah, if you're just holding on to that, like, man, you got to let it go and you got to get forgiveness. That's so important. Yeah. And so identity was the first thing that we wanted mm -hmm. to share today. But then the second one was just always having that hunger to grow, Right. always having that hunger. Like we started doing growth, uh, personal growth back in 2001. So it's been what, 20, what, 23, 22 years, 23 years almost. And it's like, we, we've always had a hunger to want to grow. And I have to say, if any single person that's listening to this is like, develop that hunger to want to grow and to want to heal. Because so often when we go into a relationship and then get married, we bring in all of these unhealed wounds, whether it's from a mother, from a father, from a loved one, a previous relationship previous marriage, whatever that is. And then we don't deal with those things. And then we bring that into that current relationship. And we wonder why things are so chaotic. And so it's really developing that hunger to grow, whether it's reading books, whether it's going to conferences, podcasts, I believe, I mean, fully in coaching, obviously it's what we do for a living, but any way that you can grow as a person to really develop yourself and to let go of unforgiveness, to break down any of those strongholds, to work on those things that are maybe blocking you from truly walking out who you're called to be. Mm -hmm. We share this with our clients all the time is that any relate, everything in life, every living thing is going to be in one of three phases of existence. Either going to be dynamic means it's growing and tropic means it's nothing's happening 
or it's dying. Anything mm. that's not doing anything, just like, you know, get, go paying the bills. We talked about earlier, paying the bills, getting things done, checking things off the to-do list, it's going to die. And so unless you're growing together as a couple, and as we talked about, again, living out your kingdom purpose, unless you're growing together, and that means learning, figuring out like, okay, because we're never, we're dynamic. Everyone here, we're all going to be at a different place tomorrow than we are today if we choose to be. Otherwise, like who who wants a life? Who wants a marriage where we're just like, eh, we're just dying? Like, mm-hmm. sounds really encouraging. I know, but like, <laughs> no, one, no one wants that kind of marriage. Totally. So, like make your mind up now, like this is going to be a never ending pursuit of learning and growing and like discovering. I mean, that's the joy of life, right? I mean, that's what I want. That's a life worth living for sure. Um, there was a um, one of our mentors in business years ago. I remember him saying something that was really key because he was training on communication and how do you handle an upset customer. Um, and so he was talking about how do you diffuse a situation. And funny enough, funny story, he in his military days, he was a, a Navy underwater bomb squad technician. Like, like imagine telling someone, what do you do for a living? Oh, <laughs> Underwater bomb squad technician, like, just okay, wow, tell me more. But he made this great example of like the best way to deal with a bomb is to deal with it before it detonates. Mm. So like learn, like these are practical things that we would, you know, walk through our, our clients with. But again, it all deals with like learning who you are. Like, what is it? Like, why do you act the way you do? And really does that pursuit of discovery in yourself, but also with each other is so key. Have you always got to have that hunger and a thirst to want to grow and that desire to become all that God's created you to be. And that's never ending until we're six feet under that process should never end. That's so good. And Mike, I just want to ask you a, another question here to piggyback on that, because I like I see your passion for growth. Now, I hear the complaints from single women all the time, like where are men like that? Because they're very passive. They're not really seeking out that growth. Like what would you encourage single women who are looking for someone? Because I know a million single women who are very growth minded, who are very much like, hey, I want to become the best version of myself. Now, I know a lot less men like that. So do you have any encouragement for like single women who are like, Hey, yeah, well, life leaves clues. And, you know, we, we say that marriages always run in groups, you know, healthy marriages are going to hang around other healthy marriages typically. Right. So will people's friends, you know, we, we say that to our kids all the time, you know, show me your friends. I'm going to show your future. So, I mean, I'm just thinking real practical here other than, than, you know, stalking their Facebook page and going back a few years. But I mean, being being honest here, you know, any guy can fake, you know, fake it for a long for a while. But one of the things and I don't even know if we intentionally did this, but early on, Janelle mentioned we did a, a what is that like a leadership transformation mm-hmm. weekend course. It was amazing. It transformed our life. I had always, I think from an earlier age that I can remember, like I've had that inner desire to want to grow, but her mom paid for us to do this course because she believed in it that much. And so I did it for business. She did it for, I think, business as well, but we got so much more out of it. But I would say, get involved in growing at an early, early stage of your marriage. Like, don't wait to get married to them. Be like, oh, we should start doing marriage conferences. Like, no, like we're going to start growing together now because like, I want to see how committed you are to really wanting to grow and pursue. And again, life leaves clues. But how did they find 
a man that wants that. Like if, like if we're to encourage the women, how do we find, how do you help them? Well, when they meet a man, right. And he has a hunger to grow, stay in community. Right. I think that's a really big one. I think that's what you're saying is like, okay, if they're looking for a man or is that woman that's looking for a man. So if we're talking to the single women right now, what kind of community are they looking for a man in? Right. Mm. Is a is the first step, right? You want to be around other like minded women. Do you want to be around? Is it a church community? Is it a Bible study? Is it a really cool leadership um, community? So get in a healthy community, and you're more than likely going to meet a healthy man. And um, that's so that's one thing. And then when you meet the healthy man, because a lot of times it starts out like that. It starts out where they're like going, you know, they they start going to church together. They're doing things, and then like something happens. Well, make a commitment to always stay in community. Because yeah. not only do you heal in community, but your identity comes out in community. Your identity that's only right. comes out in community, mm-hmm. right? So I think that that's a, a really big one is, and then what I did with you is I just had this, when we first started dating, I just always had a hunger to grow. And he was like, wow, it's contagious. Mm. You have a hunger to grow and you continue and you don't let life, kids, all the things get in the way and muck it all up, but you have this hunger to grow. And it's contagious. The guy either, even if he's a little behind, the guy will jump up with you and then jump ahead of you and begin to lead the home spiritually, just like we all pray and we all want as a woman. Mm -hmm. But if we force him or try to, that never works. But if you do it at the beginning and you have a commitment at the beginning to always have that hunger to grow, then a lot of times it will stay. And again, it's going back to being super intentional and always being in prayer. Prayer is a really big one. I mean, gosh, we can go on a whole nother 30 minutes, 40 <laughs> hours on prayer yeah. and how <laughs> and how important that is. But I think that's big is to be in, if you're a single woman looking for a man, they are not hard to find. That's a lie. They're yeah. out there. It's just, are you in the right community right. and looking for the right community to actually begin to find that? You're going to find what you're looking for. You always will. So I mm-hmm. like to your point. Yeah. Like be praying specific, very specific prayers. God, I want a hungry man. I want a man that is pursuing you and that really has a hunger to grow in every area. Cause God's going to bring you someone like that. If you're, if you're in pursuit of that, but marriage is not the destination. Sometimes we look at that as like, Oh, I just want to get married. And so we will look past certain things because we're just, we just want to get married. But this is not, this is, that is just the beginning of the journey together. And I would, whether it's always having mentors in your life that are willing to just like speak truth, speak truth and love into your life and be willing. If you go through, you know, counseling together, which, you know, you don't have to wait till you're engaged to go through whatever you want to call it. Premarital, but do some sort of coaching together, do something together where you're growing. Like don't wait till the ring comes out to then start growing. Like, you know what I mean? Like start that now, as soon as you find someone that says like, Hey, I think we're compatible. Like, let's take this net. Like let's pursue like what this looks like. And I want to grow together. I mean, there's a million different places you could do that as, but um, anyway, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with this. Well, and well, you're going to move in the way of your dominant thinking. Oh yeah. Yes. Mm, yeah, you're going to move good. in the way of Always. your dominant thinking. So if you are positive and you are growing and you are hungry and you begin to tell God what you want, but be open for what he has for you. Yeah. I think that people don't get specific enough on what they want, but then also be open because we just had a girlfriend get engaged where she thought the, 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 her husband or soon to be husband was going to be taller than her, have dark hair, like all these things. And it ended up being the, the exact opposite. 
he looked completely different. He's, he's, he's very handsome, but he looked completely different than who she visioned herself being yeah. with. And so be open to what God wants to do, but get specific on what you want in a man, especially when it comes to really good spiritual things, emotional things, physical things, like all of that, make sure that you get specific because God wants to give you the hearts, your heart's desire. No, that's so good. That Yeah. I love that you said that too, of like, Hey, like be open to what God is doing, because I think so often we're so closed off. Like we may pray those prayers, but then we're not actually open to what God's going to do because God knows what we need, not necessarily just what we want. Right. And we may, we may like need something that we don't even know we need and God wants to bless us with it, but we're not even open to receiving it. So that's so good. And I love that you mentioned like you know, your dominant thoughts is like your life is going in the direction of your strongest thoughts. And it's so true that like so often we count it out before we're even speaking faith to it and saying like, hey, this is what I'm believing God for. And so I'm going to speak faith in it rather than that doubt or that fear. So I know we're kind of running out of time here. So I would just love to know if you had one piece of advice for singles, what would that be? You mind if I go? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. So many times, and this goes back to growing because in growing we're seeking and we're pursuing ideas and things because we just don't know everything, right? I mean, what we know is one thing, what we don't know is another, but what we don't know, what we don't know is so much greater. Mm -hmm. And we have all these blind spots in life. And I remember years ago, I was going through this leadership seminar and one of the assignments was to interview someone in your life that has the fruit in their life that you want and ask them some specific questions about who you are. And it was so revealing because one of the questions was, what do you think? I don't remember the exact question, but it was something along the lines of what do people really know about you? Like ask someone like, what do you think people know about you? And I was in a leadership position in this company and, and I asked him this question. He's like, I don't think people know much about you. And I'm like, Gosh, so what does that mean? What is that telling? Mm. Like, I'm not very vulnerable, but also like if there's one, there were the other question was, what's one thing that, that people would change about me if they could? And, and I had to be really open. I didn't, I wasn't there to second guess. I wasn't there to combat what they were saying. Like, I wanted to just receive. I wanted to learn because I don't see everything. And so be willing to, and you'll take on this exercise, Michelle, your listeners, Interview someone in your life that you love, that had, that you trust, that has the fruit in their life that you want. Ask them some questions. Number one, what would people change about me if they could? And what do you think people don't know about me that they should know? Mm -hmm. That's good. Yeah. Do you want to add anything? Yeah. And then, and then the one thing I would add, and this just popped up in my spirit. So I think this is a lot of women and you said it, Michelle, was that there's just not men out there. Like they're hard to find. Remember, our words speak our world, period. What we think is going to produce our words, which then produce our actions. So what if that is a lie? Mm. And what if you completely let go and squash that lie? And like, there are men out there because there are, and there's mm -hmm. a lot of them. Mm -hmm. It's just now there's a, could be a block in your way of actually seeing because That's you believe so that lie that there's not any. Mm-hmm. That's so, so good. And uh, yeah, I love that because I even tell people like we have a community of over 5,000 people just on Facebook alone. Like I'm like, y'all say there's no men, but there's over 5,000 people in this group. Not every man is going to be for you. That doesn't mean that they're not out there. 
So that's so good. I think that's so, so much wisdom. You guys are just so full of wisdom. Thank you so much for being on the show and just pouring out your wisdom to singles. So where can people find you if they're like, hey, this couple has just given me tools and I need more of that. How can people find you? Mm-hmm. So you can go to our Facebook pages, which is Janelle Friedrich. I don't know if you want me to spell that out. <laughs> no, but, it's okay. I'll link yeah. it in all the descriptions. Okay. So yep. Janelle Friedrich and Mike Friedrich. Um, we each have our own Facebook. And then we do have a Mike and Janelle Friedrich page, um, business page. And then um, we have a website, which is marriageignite.net. Amazing. Marriageignite.net. Yeah. So good. And I will link that all in in the description so you guys can get in touch with both Mike and Janelle if you're looking for those tools to transform your life in your singleness so that you can be prepared when you do get in that marriage. So thank you guys so much for being on the show and we will see you guys back next week. Thanks so much for tuning in to another episode of An Apple A Day. If you liked today's episode, why don't you go like it, share it, subscribe, maybe even send it to a friend, and don't forget to review us. It helps so much. We look forward to seeing you next week, same time, same place, on An Apple A Day podcast.